I hope you look at yourself and say, I'm taking off all those pressures that don't really matter. I am enough. I've done enough. I do not have to prove anything any longer. Give yourself that gift. You deserve it. Retirement. That's what we're all aiming at, right? But exactly what does that mean? It conjures up visions of endless days of golf, drinks with little umbrellas in them on a tropical beach, feet up reading a book. Is that what it's all about? I don't think so. Life would get pretty dull after a while without anything meaningful to do, don't you think? I'm Jackie Doucette, and I'm on a mission to discover exactly what life is like beyond retirement. Join me while I chat with people who've already done it, who've retired to something rather than from something. Let's find out together exactly what's waiting for us when we say goodbye to that nine to five. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, I'm joined by Laura Black. Laura's a retired attorney and an award-winning businesswoman, speaker, and the author of Climbing Down the Ladder, A Journey to a Different Kind of Happy. Thanks for joining me today, Laura. What a pleasure. Thank you. So I always start by asking my guests to share with the listeners a little bit about their history. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up where you are today? Sure. I started out always playing with business ideas. I think the first one was teaching baton lessons because I couldn't fit into those little tutus. So I charge <laughs> everyone in the neighborhood for their lessons. Um, and throughout my life, I went down that road. I went to law school, became an attorney, worked at a large firm. And then with a partner, we started one of the first legal staffing companies and we grew it to be the largest in the world. So it was wow. a fun, busy ride up where I traveled to different offices and raised three children at the same time. And then all of a sudden, silence. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Silence. silence. Silence is good sometimes, but not always. Yes. Um, I remember the first morning I woke up after leaving, after we sold our company and after leaving, and I woke up and I had a couple of cups of coffee. And I said, well, now what? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You know, you get so used to getting up early, getting dressed. I'd get on a plane. I'd go to the office. I used to stay up late so I could smell my kids' breath when they got home, make sure they were safe. <laughs> and the kids weren't out of the house because in the same time when we retire, it's a time that we become empty nesters. It's a time where our parents are aging or we've lost our parents. We're losing friends. We become marginalized. So there's a lot of loss during that time. And I had converted my son's bedroom into a home office. So I went into that office with its brand new file folders and baskets and sharpened pencils. I got on the computer and I started just playing around, looking for ideas. And all of a sudden the internet went out. Uh -oh. And I didn't know what to do. And I unplugged it, plugged it back in. And I thought to myself, without an IT department, how am I going to manage? But the scarier thought was manage what? So that was my entree into this stage of life, which turns out to be such a rewarding, beautiful, happy time. But it takes a while 
to change our thinking a little bit to get there. It does indeed. So was your motivation for writing your book uh, more a cathartic process for you or a desire to help other people who might be in the same kind of situation? It was both. I did a lot of research. I started reading everything I could get my hands on about retirement, about next stages, women, aging. And I realized there was over 29 million retired baby boomers and that we are the generation that in the same way we lacked role models on our way up, we lacked them on the way down. And it's a time to carve out our own journeys. And what, was, and what does that look like? What makes us happy? What fulfills us? It's so true. And we are also the generation that was the first for so many things. So it's, it's yeah. fitting that this is the, you know, we're the, we're the first for, for you to talk about climbing back down and starting something new. I, I really enjoyed your book. Uh, Thank you. That means a lot. It gives a really vivid account of your life and how you ultimately arrived at the pinnacle of your career. But for me, what I really enjoyed was your account of how you started to let it go, you know, that climb back down. And that's truly where the lessons, I think, are to be had. The, uh, the chapters in your book, they tell you the lessons. Time doesn't always heal. Happiness is a choice, not a place. Was... Um, what what gave you the the final clue that you needed to maybe step off the ladder or start coming down the ladder? What was going on in your life? What you know, there must have been something that kind of made you say, you know, hey, maybe there's something more. Right. In the book, I talk about a near death experience that happened out of the blue. Um, I was fine. I didn't have any significant health issues, and out of nowhere, really, my colon burst. And the um, surgeon told my husband, he better bring the kids in town. They didn't know if I'd make it through the night. I'm here. I'm fine. Um, I had to go through a lot. And I laid in that hospital bed for a long time recuperating and realized how precious life is and how it is so incumbent upon us to take the sacred space from today we don't know when that end date is and maximize it and there's no right way to maximize it I think the way we know is if we're content we're filled with love we're present we're grateful and how dare we waste another moment because it is so short that's it exactly you you know like you said you never know when's your last day you only know what you know what's gone by and you've done that already there's no point in either wallowing over it or exulting in what's happened it's time to just go on from today and do the best you can and enjoy what you've got how do you how do you spend your time when you uh, now that you've got i don't want to say nothing but now that you're not doing <laughs> your business and you had that big silence how did you fill your time? What, what did you do to, to start finding things? Yes. So um, I talk a lot in the book about a, um, a metaphor of a wheel. And if you think about a wheel with spokes, there's areas. Yeah. So our career took up a lot of those spokes. But there's other spokes in that wheel. 
there's relationships. How much time did we not give to relationships that we would have liked to? How many times were we able to meet an adult child for lunch at their work or call a neighbor that looks interesting, but we didn't have time to sit down for a cup of coffee. So relationships is one area we need to look into. Learning, you know, when we're working and we're busy and career raising children, it's like we have blinders on and we keep looking ahead at those goals Yet there's an entire world around us that we can delve into so many aspects, whether and taste lots of things, whether it's art, it's history, it's whatever it is that appeals to us. So learning, leisure activities. Um, do we want to take up yoga or pickleball, whatever it is, we have time to explore that. Spirituality, and I define spirituality as whether or not it's organized religion, it's getting in touch with something bigger than ourselves. For me, I can walk down the beach and feel that feeling. So there's spirituality. There's our community that we owe it to our community. Now we have a time to give back. So by, and there's also of course health. There's no excuses now not to go shopping for healthy foods or working out or whatever it is. So instead of looking for something to replace that career, all we have to really do is expand those other spokes of our wheel and we have a full life. So true. I've had an, a few other guests talk about that same wheel and it, it's something that I use as well with, with my clients. And it's so funny when you stop and actually assess your life in each of those categories, how bumpy that wheel can be until yes. you until you focus on, on things and start pulling them up a little bit. And this retirement or post-retirement time gives you the chance to do that. And it's yes. something that, you know, that we should all take advantage of, I think. Yes. And the other thing that's critical, this is the generalization, but as women, we are so hard on ourselves. And this is a time that we can question, do we really need to keep proving our worth? We are enough, we've done enough. <laughs> now it's time to take it in. We don't have to keep struggling for measurements of worthiness. Yep. And that's, that's hard for us to give up. It is. But there's no more report cards. That's it, exactly. And that's, I like that that's how you end your book. You know, it's not even I am good enough, just I am enough. Yes. You don't, it doesn't need qualifiers. You're here, you're doing something, you're living your life, you're doing what you need to be doing. That's exactly right. We are enough. It's yeah. not look, I like to say, it's not looking for another ladder to climb. It's giving up the need. Right. If and we that, want to, if we want to climb, that's fine too. There's no rights or wrongs. It's being honest with ourselves. And that's the thing, I guess, that you, uh, the whole key of your finding a different kind of happy. It's not, it's not a happy with that you measure monetarily or with goals and accolades. It's a, it's a different kind of happy. It's happy from within, not happy from external values. That's exactly right. It's happy from within. It's being authentic. It's being real. It's what matters. And I'd like to add, it's very helpful to look back, if we were, if we're those type A who are always productive and always producing and doing this, to look back and say, what motivated me? 
what really motivated me was more going on there than financial reward, doing, you know, being, doing great at my job, where there are other things I was trying to prove and realizing we don't have to prove anymore. Yeah, that's it. I like, I've uh, noticed I've searched a little bit online, uh, you know, aging woman confessing stuff. Yes. I really like, I really like your blog and the things that you talk about. You've got topics, I think, to interest just about anybody. Thank you so much. Thank you. What's the, the biggest piece of advice that you could give to someone who is, you know, our age, just re you know, just reaching this point in their life and wondering what to do? Busy is not the new rich and thin. There's you know, so much, so many of us strive for busy. I'm so busy. So what? <laughs> I want to hear I'm content. Um, we can take our time, give up external measurements of value, take that whole message about the sacredness of our time and be in the moment. It's okay to try things, test things. Is this fun? I never thought I would read this author or I never thought I'd want to travel to this place. It's, it's an exploration but without ramifications, without measurements. I think that's a hard thing to, uh, to accept in, in most people's lives, not just, not just women, but to accept no measurement because all our lives we're striving for, you know, being the best at this or getting the highest score in that. And it, it, it's so hard to, to stop that. Exactly. But I've never been, <laughs> I don't think, I'm sure you haven't either at a funeral where they said, oh, she was a B minus. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't work like that. There's nothing to prove. That's you know, we true. already are who we are. Our kids are baked. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough. This is our time. So what's the biggest lesson that you learned yourself from uh, from writing your book and from all the experiences that you had to relive to write the book what's the what's the biggest thing you learned i bet we're all more alike than we're different we're all striving for the same things we want to feel accepted we want to feel valued we want to feel loved and we might go about it in different ways but we're all looking for that same sense of fulfillment and once we recognize that that these are human needs no one could give them to us. They have to come from within. And do you have any pearls of wisdom on how to find those things within us? I think it starts with slowing down a little bit, whether it's just for a few minutes a day. Um, journaling is very helpful in the morning when we first wake up just to write a few pages. Don't read it. Don't read it for months. Just get all the stuff going on in our brains on the paper and let it go. Um, some people like you know, meditation, mindfulness, or just being in that moment for a while. And ask ourselves when we say yes to be on the next committee, am I doing it because I should, before, because I feel obligated, because this sounds like something that might fulfill me. 
So ask questions before jumping in to new obligations. Um, I, a lot of women complain, not complain, they don't want to complain, but they feel roped in to babysitting for grandchildren. They might love it half a afternoon, one day a week, but a lot of people are saying, oh, I have three days a week. Um, that's another, we have to say, if I love this, it's wonderful. But it's okay to be a little selfish too. I think that's something that's also very hard, especially for women, because so being being selfish isn't isn't a normal thing. You're always thinking about, well, how's it going to affect someone else? Right, but that's that old saying about if I don't think of me, who's gonna, who am I? You know, yeah. and it's I'm not advocating a selfish life or or narcissistic life, but we've done enough at this stage, <laughs> and. The way I try to sometimes help it or frame women so we don't feel so guilty is what I want my daughter to be in this situation and say yes to things she didn't want to do. Am I modeling the behavior I'd like my daughter to take when she's my age? And the best thing we could give our children, our grandchildren, the best legacy we could leave is showing them that we're happy. Yeah. Because then that's the message that life is happy. No one wants a martyr. <laughs> no, that's true. And I guess giving giving yourself the same kind of grace that you would give to a friend, because yes. you should be your friend. Your best friend. Yeah. Yes. There was something I wanted to ask you about your book, and I don't know, I don't remember what it was. What's the first thing that you did for yourself once you let go of your business and you decided that everything was going to be just living your living your life the best way you can? What did you what did you pick to do first? One of the first things I needed to do was go to the cemetery and visit my parents and make peace with my past. So I had to let go of what was driving me in ways that were not as healthy for me and realized my parents and your parents, my parents, mother's mother, the best they can, <laughs> father's father, the best they can. So let go of the past and feel free. Let go of the past and let go of some of the responsibilities of the future as far as parenting. Like I said, the kids are baked and take deep breaths and try to look at everything with new eyes and absorb. So I did a lot of traveling you know, as far as self-fulfillment. I love being in other places and seeing the world and seeing again, how no matter how far we go, where we go, we all have jealousy. We all have you know, human traits. And there's something really special about knowing that. One of the things that, that I wanted to ask, I, I was rereading the, the uh, little part in, the, in your book where you went back to your old law firm for you, you had been invited to a, a party after you had left the firm and you had started off, you were excited about the idea that you were still on their you know, guest list, that sort of thing, but it didn't turn out to be what you kind of maybe anticipated it being. It, 
it was a different situation for you. And um, I'm wondering if you find if you found that with a number of different situations that you were in after you left work, where you can't really go back, it's not the same anymore. Yeah. Um, it is interesting. That particular party, there were people from my law firm, but it was a lot of law firms. It was some kind of um, big holiday event with lots of people from different firms. And I didn't care anymore about networking. I wasn't trying to bring in business. Yes, the people you like, you like. But my drive was different. What was important to me was different. And I experienced a lot of people, I don't want jealousy might be a little strong, but gosh, you're out of this. What does it feel like? Um, life is stages. And it's hard to let go of the old and go into the new. But I like to think we keep getting better and we get and we keep seeing what's really important. And you know, that's that old saying, can't go home anymore. That's not our identity any longer. So I went to this party. I didn't have a law firm business card or my company card. I didn't even know what to do. What would I give out? I went and made a personal calling card, you know, just with my name and email. And I said, without a business card, who am I? Because that was so much of my identity. And it's so interesting when we think about it, one of the things that's so important for everyone, especially women in our careers, is the ability to bring in business, to track clients. So therefore, we wear our identity on our sleeves all the time. We're at a soccer game. We let everyone know we sell real estate or we practice law or we're a coach, whatever we do, because it's our way of marketing ourselves. And all of a sudden, there's nothing to market. But while that is a huge adjustment, it's also very liberating because if we're not marketing marketing anything, we can just be. Yeah. And that's, I guess that that's kind of where I was aiming that a lot of people have trouble once they, once they quit working because they don't know who they are or how to be just them. And it's just, it's a matter of going back and, and remembering, like you said, you are enough and you can just be you and talk about you know, the cookies you baked this morning or whatever you want to talk about. It doesn't have to be selling something to someone all the time. That's exactly right. And if we're authentic and we're comfortable saying we made cookies this morning, it gives other people permission to be authentic when we're with us. So therefore real connection and conversation happens. No one has to put on that pretense. Exactly. And, and that's where you get to meet real people instead of just the business networking crew who is only interested in you because you might bring in money for them. Right. And yeah, some of those people we could develop further. They could become our friends, but we don't really see company with those who don't really know and understand who we really are. Those are the people we really want to be around because they're the ones that matter. They know us. They know us at our good, at our bad, and our in-between. So by allowing ourselves to show that real person, to say, today wasn't a very good day, (laughs) or um, I'm a little bored, or whatever it is, setting the place and being authentic will translate and help us form those really strong connections 
and everyone will be want to be around you because they're comfortable. You yeah. you know the friend whose house you go to, who everything is perfect, <laughs> right? You know the bed's always made. There's not a piece of dust on the floor. Well, you're not going to invite them over unless your house is perfect. So it's the same thing. If we could show a little bit of our imperfections, others can also. And it's much easier to be with us. Well, I'd say in that case that everybody should be happy to invite me over because my house is never perfect. So theirs doesn't have to be. (laughs) (laughs) Mine either. (laughs) Well, Laura, I've enjoyed chatting with you. And and like I said, I really enjoyed your book. And I'd like to encourage the listeners to pick it up because it's definitely a good entertaining read as well as enlightening. It, it, it made me think about me a lot, uh, a lot differently. Thank you so much. And it, again, it's called Climbing Down the Ladder and it's on Amazon or most major sites. So I appreciate that plug. <laughs> Not a problem. Thank you so much for being with me today. Before we uh, say goodbye, is there anything that you'd like to share with the listeners other than go and buy your, buy your book? I hope you buy the book. I hope you enjoy the book, but more than buying the book or enjoying the book, I hope you look at yourself and say, I'm taking off all those pressures that don't really matter. I am enough. I've done enough. I do not have to prove anything any longer. Give yourself that gift. You deserve it. Very nice. That's a good place to end. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Jackie. I really enjoyed being with you. And that's it for this episode of Beyond Retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed it. To check out the video interviews, please go to my YouTube channel at bit.ly forward slash beyond retirement. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash beyond retirement. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any new episodes.